Side Hustle Show 162, how to earn up to $3,000 an hour with your voice. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show, where aspiring part-time entrepreneurs learn how to turn their side hustle dreams into reality. Because your nine to five may make you a living, but your five to nine makes you alive. And now your host, Nick Loper. What's up? What's up? Nick Lobert here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show, where it's all about ideas, action, and results. Some really fun results for you today on a side hustle that just about anybody has the potential to get started with, and that's voiceover acting. In fact, you probably already have the two key ingredients. Number one, your voice, and number two, the ability to read. My guest is Carrie Olson, who went from her first voiceover audition to quitting her job in four months. And she's worked with some big name brands like REI, Disney World, and AT&T. I'm gonna play one of her REI commercials for you at the end of this episode. It sounds really cool. Now, you'll also hear her tell me about um, how her best job ever paid $3,000 for less than an hour's worth of work. So of course, I had to use that for the hook uh, for this episode, even though uh, she made sure to say that's definitely not typical. Not typical, I say, but possible. So stick around to hear how Carrie landed her first gigs, the equipment and startup expenses she spent money on, and how she's marketed uh, herself to turn her voiceover work into a full-time location-independent business. All the notes and links at, are at sidehustlenation.com slash voice. And while you're there, you can download a free PDF highlight reel with all of Carrie's top tips from this call. Now, I started off by asking Carrie if this really is the universal side hustle. I mean, I can speak, so can I do voiceover? Of course. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, I think that's a that's a common misconception is that anyone who can speak, who can utter sound can just get into voiceover and do really well with it because it's just talking. But um, one of the really cool things about voiceover is that it's a business just like any other business uh, with the added element of you don't just have to have these business skills, which are super important, but you also have to have actual skill or talent, which is why training is so important. And again, I think a lot of people think, well, why do I need training to learn how to talk? But yeah, it's it's acting, you know, it's voice acting. There are so many little things in the industry that you just need to know. How do you do an audition and have it sound professional? So there are things that you have to learn that, you know, you couldn't just pick up a microphone, start reading and then, you know, quit your job the next day. I'm, I'm happy to hear that. There's got to be more to it than that, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Actually, somebody hired me to do a one voiceover job. It's the first and only job I've ever done. And it was like remarkably hard to read like their one page script uh, word for word because it's something that I hadn't read. It probably took like five or 10 takes. And I was like, this is horrible. <laughs> so, Well, I, I have a funny story about there is a, a company that wanted to help ha- hire me to do some voiceover work. And there were two, two people in the company, um, kind of co-owners. And one of them was really excited about me. And the other one I could tell was just kind of like, this is ridiculous. I can't believe we're going to spend money on having someone talk for us. And so they went off and, and tried to do it themselves. And the next time we talked, the one who had been skeptical was just singing my praises. She was just so excited to bring me on because she tried to do it and, it, and couldn't. And uh, when I did it, she she was like, okay, that's that makes a lot more sense now that we're that we're paying you to do this. Now, are you the person who who hears their recorded voice and is like, man, I sound good? Because everyone else is like, <laughs> oh my god, that's how I sound. I sound horrible. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't say that that I say necessarily I sound good. But um, I, I thought you were going to say, do you hate the sound of your own voice? I don't. I think, like you said, I think most people do, but I, I kind of like it. <laughs> um, 
I don't know that I always have, but since I got into voiceover, especially it, it's, it's what I make money with. So I, yeah, I love my voice. <laughs> what convinced you to, to dive down this road having never, never done it before? I think that something about it just really resonated with me. I'm an introvert and I think I've always had an interest in, in kind of acting, but I would never admit that to myself or to anyone else. Um, so voiceover is cool because you can, you can exercise that creative muscle and that performery part of you that maybe you've been keeping suppressed, but you don't have to be in front of anybody. You can do it literally in the closet of your house. So that was really intriguing to me. And then I've always done stuff with my voice. Uh, my husband and I have a podcast. We've been podcasting for years. And then I was working in e-learning before I got into voiceover uh, full time. And I would narrate my own e-learning courses. So I was doing stuff with my voice before. And so it just made sense to kind of make this next step. Where did you turn to get your first gig, like to say, to stick your flag in the sand and say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this as a professional? Yeah. So I actually started auditioning on pay to play sites, which are uh, subscription sites where you pay a monthly or annual fee and they send you actual auditions for real jobs that match your voice profile. And you can audition for as many of them or as few of them as you want. And when I started auditioning, I didn't think, I wasn't necessarily thinking in terms of, well, I'm going, I'm all in, I'm going to try to go full time in this. I was just kind of seeing what was out there and trying to get practice. But I started getting really good feedback early on and it didn't take long before I got my first job that way. So that was, that was my first foot in the door. Okay. So these are places like voice123.com, voices.com. I didn't realize they operated that way. I kind of thought they were more of like uh, Elance or Upwork just for for, you know, freelance voiceover artists, but it's like, okay, you have to be, you have to like pay to subscribe to say, look, I'm serious about this, um, just to have the ability to audition. Yeah. And they're not cheap either. Um, one of, they're both around $400 a year, but they're one of them, you can get on a monthly payment plan. The other one you have to pay up front. So it's not cheap, but there aren't any other qualifications. So if you have $400 laying around, uh, and like an internal microphone on your computer, you could theoretically sign up. You wouldn't book any work, you know, without a professional setup, but there aren't any other qualifications. So it can get inundated with with voice actors and potential voice actors. But if you are good, then you can really stand out from the crowd. And it is definitely possible to book jobs and to book good jobs that way. What, what was the first what was the first gig? Do you remember what the first um, <laughs> score deal was? Of course, it was a job for a company in Denmark. They wanted me to narrate a video that was going to be entered into some kind of film festival. It was a case presentation for a, a new television. They'd done some sort of study and they were they needed narration for it. And interestingly enough, I did my audition with a British accent and they liked it. And said, "Hey, we want to hire you for this, but we feel like we feel like you're actually American and you're faking a British accent. So if you could just do it with your regular accent." And I was like, "Okay, <laughs> that's fine." Wow. Okay. It's funny that you mentioned like, "Hey, this is this is acting," because it, it totally is. And I didn't know. Do I call you a voiceover artist, voiceover actress? Like, it was like, what you know, what's the terminology for this? But I, I definitely think there is uh, an acting role uh, to it. What What does that audition process look like? It can vary, but a typical audition process would be a company is looking for a voice for, you know, some kind of commercial or maybe they're doing a Kickstarter and they need a a voiceover to voice their Kickstarter video, something like that. They would uh, hopefully have the script written out or at least uh, pieces of it. They would provide you the, the voice talent with an excerpt of the script or perhaps the whole thing if, uh, if it's pretty short 
then you would get the script, you would audition it, so read it, record it to your own, your recording software, export it, deliver the file to the client, and they would listen to however many they got in, which could be five, could be 20, could be hundreds of auditions. And uh, they go through it until they find the one they want, and uh, hopefully it's you, and they book you. If you travel a lot for work or for a vacation, you might be familiar with that feeling you get knowing you're leaving your space unused for long periods of time, and you're still paying for that privilege. But hosting on Airbnb means you don't have to leave your home sitting empty when you're away. Being an Airbnb host isn't just a way to earn some extra cash. It's a chance to share your space and make a guest's vacation all the more memorable. You might be thinking, eh, maybe my place isn't the right fit, but don't write it off just yet. Your potential Airbnb might be right in front of you. Whether it's a spare room or even your entire home, there's an opportunity waiting. Airbnb turns your home into a practical and even profitable venture. We just got back from a family trip to Hawaii where we stayed in a great Airbnb, but our place back home could have been a highlight to somebody else's travels, and we could have used the extra cash to help pay for the trip. So if you're curious about hosting on Airbnb, find out how much your space could be worth by visiting airbnb.com slash host. Once again, that's airbnb.com slash host. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? Well, now you can with our sponsor, Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over 3.5 million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster. And 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. For my next hire, I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors. And what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets. And how about this? Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Just go to Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Are they doing a, our budget is $500 or are you like bidding for it? Both. Uh, so on, on the pay to play sites, usually there's a budget, at least a budget range. Sometimes it's a fixed job. Sometimes uh, it's a range. Occasionally you'll see one that says to be determined. So you, in those cases, you kind of have to throw something out there. They put in a budget range usually, but you can you can bid anywhere within that range or outside of that range if you want to. There's nothing keeping you from doing that, but it isn't usually recommended. What's a typical voiceover gig? <laughs> is, is there such thing as like an average price? I mean, I guess uh, technically there has to be because, you know, <laughs> um, but I, I don't know what it is. It's all over the place. So you've got people who are doing um, movie trailers and making millions of dollars. And then you've got people who are on Fiverr making $5. Um, I know that I believe it was Time Inc. that came out with an article earlier in in 2015 that put voiceover as the number two highest paying freelancing gig. And they averaged it out as $72 an hour for voiceover. But I mean, that's got to be taking into account everyone who's, you know, from hobbyists to to really, you know, high profile voice actors. And I honestly don't even know what I make hourly because that's not really how I measure it. But it's it's all over the place. So, you, so you're able to replace the, the day job in four months or quit your job in four months. 
how much were you seeing coming in from these different auction sites or these different pay-to-play sites? Yeah, so once I started getting work, it was pretty consistent. And eventually it got to a point where I knew that if I auditioned a certain number of times a day, I would, it was basically just a numbers game. If I auditioned, you know, 10 times, I'm going to book, you know, this many number of jobs. But what really kicked it over the edge for me, uh, the third job that I ever booked was for a national radio campaign, which is kind of huge. Are you allowed to say who it is? REI. Oh, really? Okay. Now shoot, now I got to go listen to the REI commercial and see if I can recognize you. <laughs> yeah. So I was uh, the voice of REI for over a year. So all of their radio campaigns, their cinema ads that played in movie theaters, uh, Pandora and Spotify. I had friends calling me saying they heard me on Pandora and Spotify for REI. Oh, awesome. So yeah, that was definitely the, the thing that allowed my husband and I to look at each other and say, okay, we owe it to ourselves to look into this more and to maybe see if this is something you should pursue full time as opposed to just this thing you're doing on the nights and weekends. Yeah. And that was your, that was your third bid? It was the third job I ever got. Oh, okay, okay, okay. It took me about 40 auditions to get my first job. And then after that, it kind of started rolling. Okay, that's good. That's actually really good to hear. It's like, hey, you know, if you strike out, you know, one, two, three, four times in a row, it's like, hey, that doesn't necessarily mean it's game over. No, I, I've heard that the average is uh, between 70 and 100 auditions before you get your first one. Oh, okay, okay. So have a, have a little patience on that stuff. Yes. <laughs> now, you mentioned the uh, equipment and software to, you know, to produce these recordings in a professional sounding way. What kind of... Uh, microphone or what kind of equipment setup would you recommend or do you have and would you recommend for for people trying to side hustle on their own? Yeah, so I started off with an AKG Perception 120 condenser microphone and we just happened to have these already because we were podcasters. Um, so I definitely recommend a, a condenser microphone. I would recommend not having a USB microphone. So if it if it plugs directly from the microphone itself to your computer, it's probably not going to be studio quality. So like the like the Blue Yeti, things like that, which a lot of people use for podcasting, are going to be not quite up to par for, for most professional voiceover work. So you're going to want an XLR microphone that you you need some sort of interface to connect it to your computer. So plug, that plugs into your mixer. Uh, you can, but I go straight from my microphone to my um, interface. I use a PreSonus AudioBox USB, and then that goes directly to the USB port of my computer. All right. Now, this is all the way over my head. I'm using the, I'm totally guilty of using the USB mic uh, to record the show. For most things, the USB mics are great. And, and you can get really good quality with a USB mic now. Supposedly, I, I'm not an engineer, so I can't tell you the reasons why necessarily, the technical reasons why, but everything that I've seen and heard and people that I trust say absolutely don't use USB microphones for voiceover. So you guys had this stuff on hand because you were already running the podcast. Right. So there was the startup cost had been had been eaten years ago. Yes, the majority of it. So I still had some startup cost because I got uh, voiceover uh, lessons. I started taking uh, coaching lessons from an amazing voice actor and coach in L.A. named Allison Steele. So I, I paid her for a few coaching lessons, and then of course my fee to start auditioning on Voices.com. What, what do they cover in these voiceover lessons? Like how to pronounce words better? Like <laughs> how to like, you know, speak deeper? Like, I don't know. What does what, what a voiceover lesson structure sound like? Yeah. So the very first one, she just overwhelmed me with information, which was really good um, because it's, it's a different industry. And, and if you don't know what's you just don't know how it works until you know how it works. So she had to explain everything to me, uh, the different terms, unions, agents, uh, rates, things like that, the different types of voiceover. So a ton of information. And that really set me on fire to go out on my own and start 
finding more information. Uh, the second one we actually started reading. And, uh, you know, it's it's about um, like if you were to read a script right now and I was coaching you, I would ask you who your audience is and we'd evaluate the script and we decide who you're talking to because that's going to change the way that you read it um, and the way that we as listeners hear it. We'd talk about who you are. It's a lot of just acting, really, again. So uh, we'd go through the scene and breaking down your your script and how to mark up your script so that you... The idea is you you don't want to have to be directing yourself as you're reading. So hopefully you can mark it up so that you're, you don't have to think about it. You can just perform. And then maybe later on when you're editing, you can go through and be more critical. So there's a lot of evaluation, a lot of um, introspection, and then just uh, evaluating the the script itself. Okay. I imagine there's an element of just practice as well. To Absolutely. Keep reading these things, keep getting better, and, uh, and finding your voice, finding your voice over voice. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> So, so voice one, two, three voices.com. These are, you gotta, you gotta pay to, to sign up. Are there any other marketplaces that you like for, for finding gigs? Uh, there's one called the voice realm that I've, I've gotten some work from before. I actually, I don't um, audition on pay to plays anymore. Uh, very rarely will I go on an audition on a pay to play unless it's a private audition. Yeah, the ones that I have used are Voices.com, Voice123, and The Voice Realm. There's one called Badalgo. In my experience, there are fewer jobs that come through that, but I've, I have gotten work through it before. And you mentioned Fiverr, of course, everyone's favorite marketplace. That's like the only place I've ever hired voice work. That's like who did the voice over the intro for this podcast. So it's really? Like the best $15 I ever spent. It's just like I've gotten so much mileage out of this guy. Anytime you order something on Fiverr, like you're kind of worried about you know what's going to come back and you get that message. And the first first time I listened, like, this is like so perfectly cheesy. Like this is awesome. <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad that went well. So, but then again, you know, fifteen dollars. So I imagine if I was to hire, and this guy seemed to have like a professional studio and everything. What, what would a professional like if I wanted to redo the the intro here, which is like maybe twenty seconds or twenty five seconds, and and also the outro? Like, what would that cost me on a marketplace like Voice One Two Three? So I have I have an agreement with a podcast production company. Um, and I do their intros and outros and I'm trying to remember exactly what the rate is. I want to say $75, maybe up to 40 words. And then after that, there's a, there's a word percent that I do. And this is only for the voice. So this isn't, you know, mixing anything. It's not adding any music just for reading the script. So I think on average, I make, if I do an intro and an outro, at, at least $110. So, but now you don't have to worry about bidding for work on these marketplaces. You're you're getting things from word of mouth, or people are like, Who, "Who's that REI girl? Let's go, let's go get her." Yeah, yeah. So um, referrals have been huge, and I'm I'm thankfully at a point in my career where I'm getting more and more of those. So that's been awesome. What do you think of platforms like um, Amazon's ACX, where it's like I'm kind of going to produce your audiobook for you? Almost on spec, right? Like I'm gonna do, I'm gonna make, I'm gonna record this whole thing for free and for a cut of future royalties. Yeah, I think that that it can be a really good deal. One really neat thing about it is that it gives a kind of an entry point for voice actors who just want some work, who just want an in and want to start building their portfolio. And one other thing that I always say about ACX is, or about a. Uh, editing audiobooks in general is that you will be an expert editor by the time you get done because there's so much editing to do. If it's a, you know, a novel or a typical like 200 page nonfiction book, you're going to be doing a lot of reading and a lot of editing. As long as you understand that you might not make any money because this book might not sell, you know, I think that it's fine. Of course, you can find the ones where it's they're actually paying per finished hour, but uh, <clears throat> it can be a really good deal and it can be a really bad deal too. 
yeah, you're kind of putting <laughs> taking on a little bit of risk there. Yeah, but at least you're getting the experience. So that's true. Uh, one of my mastermind alumni members was doing audiobooks, and he would always through ACX and would always joke that his hourly rate was was pretty poor for all of that. But it was setting him up up because like, hey, I could go a month without recording anything, and I'm still earning royalties for the stuff I recorded in a month. So it's like I'm setting myself up for these passive income streams, which he was excited about. And he was an actor as well, so you know he he missed a couple of our meetings to go do actual acting in Atlanta. So the acting theme again, what, what's like your best paying gig? Like just results may not be typical, but like give people an idea of what, what might be out there for, for doing this kind of work. Yeah. So, well, my best paying gig isn't necessarily what the best of what's out there, but definitely national, anything national, national radio, national TV is a really nice hourly rate, or at least it can be. So my top earning job that I've done so far was $3,000 job that I did in under an hour. That's the kind of thing that would be awesome to replicate on a regular basis. Yeah, no question. Jeez, I'll, I'll take that all day long. Yeah, yeah, right. So it, it's not typical. That doesn't happen every day for me by any means, but that's definitely my top so far. You know, there are people who make $20,000 for, you know, a 60-second commercial and and even more, you know, Super Bowl commercials don't even... <laughs> so is that who is that who's placing the the bid request? Is it the the brands or is it the the ad agencies? You think they you think they'd have somebody in house? It it can go both ways. So I've worked with uh, companies that have their own internal uh, like marketing production department. They're reaching out to me themselves, and then there are others that outsource to ad agencies, and they're the ones who are coming and and actually working with the voice talent. So it goes both ways. Okay, so people are now finding you through uh, through word of mouth. Um, how many hours a week are you spending on this business? I, I don't keep count, but I mean, at least at least 20, I'd say. Yeah. And is that split between audition and recording? Like, are you, it sounds like these kind of short form recordings. So, so there's, there's way more to it. And, uh, this is actually the part that I really love talking about. Well, I love talking about all of it, but my husband and I have been entrepreneurs for a while. And so, um, I was able to bring a lot of that entrepreneur hustle to my voiceover work. So one of the reasons that I don't audition as much on pay to plays is because I have a, a pretty aggressive marketing plan that I that I have. I reach out to clients that I want to work with. I follow up with clients that I have worked with, you know, just uh, marketing, working on my, my website and my demos and uh, my brand. So it's a it's a whole business. So if I'm not actually in my booth recording or, you know, at my computer editing, there are plenty of other things just with my business itself that I can be working on. What does that what does that proactive marketing look like? It seems I guess it's easy to look at it and say, hey, this is kind of an order taking business. Hey, I need some voiceover work done. I'm going to go find somebody to do it versus like somebody reaching out to me like, hey, do you need voiceover work? Like, well, maybe sometime. <laughs> yeah. What I did was I made a list of my dream clients. Who do I want to work with? So there was one specific time that I thought, you know, I, I worked in e-learning before I got into voiceover. So maybe I'll just target some e-learning companies and see if they need some new voice talent. And so I made a list of of some, well, I did a lot of research to find what e-learning companies are out there because it's not as well known as, you know, maybe some other industries. If you're thinking of, you know, music production companies, you could probably think of some off the top of your head. But e-learning, you had to, I had to dig a little bit deeper to find out who are these companies that are producing the e-learning for giant companies. Like, is JP Morgan making their own e-learning? Probably not. They're probably outsourcing it to some other company. So I found some of those companies and then I made an e-learning demo with the help of my coach and uh, crafted a cover letter type thing, you know, an introduction letter and made a resume and 
just did a bunch of things and, and tailored them to these companies specifically, found out who the decision makers were and targeted those people, sent out my demos to them to see if they were in need of, of more voice talent and uh, got a decent response. And that's actually one of the ways that I got to work with Disney. Disney World uh, hired me to do some of their voiceover work. So if you get a job at Disney World, I'll be the one telling you you know, about machine safety. If you're a ride operator, University of Virginia, same thing, AT&T. I've gotten to do some of their voiceover work through just my own marketing efforts. That's that's pretty crazy. That kind of reminds me of the of the dream client strategy, which is like from the ultimate selling machine or ultimate sales machine. I always forget the title of the book. Now I'm on kerryolsonvo.com and how come I don't see Disney World, REI, AT&T? How come I don't see like those brands like plastered on your homepage for like, here, here's who I've worked with. You will. And <laughs> potentially by the time this airs, I'm not sure when this is airing, but I'm, I actually have someone working on my site right now and it has all of those things on it's it. It's huge social proof. That's awesome. Yeah. And even more so that like, hey, it was my hustle and <laughs> drive that went out and, and made that happen rather than them coming to me. Absolutely. If, um, if people want to learn more about this business, um, any resources that you recommend they should check out? Yeah, there. I I love podcasts, and so there's a there's a great podcast called Voice Acting Mastery, and it's uh, hosted by a guy named Crispin Freeman, who is primarily a animation voice actor, but a lot of his stuff applies to commercial and, and voiceover across the board. And, and he's great at balancing both sides of the business, both the the talent and actual acting side, and then the business and branding side as well. So I love that podcast. And then actually, I have a, a course that I have created with my voiceover coach, Allison Steele, called the Voiceover Success Intensive. And it's an all online course. And um, you'll be able to find information on that on my site, too. I don't think it's there right now as you're looking. But and basically, it's it's everything that I used to get my business going fairly quickly within the last two years, along with um, my coach's wisdom of, you know, she's been in the industry for over 20 years. So it's a pretty cool program. Well, absolutely. Sounds like you've had a, a lot of success with it in a very short period of time and kind of living the, hey, maybe not four hour work week, but hey, 20, <laughs> 30, that's, I'll take that and location independent. It sounds like a pretty yeah. good gig. Yeah, I love it. Okay. Thank you so much for joining me. It's kerryolsonvo.com and we'll wrap this up with your number one tip for Side Hustle Nation. My number one tip for Side Hustle Nation would be to be confident. So know who you are and understand that whatever it is that you're doing, you're providing a valuable service for whoever your clients are. So be confident in what you can provide to them. You know, as you offer your services, do it in such a way that you know that you are the person who can solve their problems. I love it. Thank you so much. We'll catch up with you soon. Okay. Thanks, Nick. All right. Now, as promised, I want to play one of Carrie's REI commercials just to give you an idea of what it sounds like. So here's a 30-second spot that she did for REI. This is the sound of a wintry morning run. And that's someone digging his new ski gear from REI. At REI, we all love the sounds of the outdoors. And we also know you like the sound of a good deal, like the kind you'll find at the REI pre-holiday sale. Save up to 30% on the best in outdoor gifts. Plus, enjoy free shipping. The REI pre-holiday sale. Hurry, sale ends this Monday. That sounds awesome, right? Like, REI is one of my favorite companies. I think that's so cool. Uh, so some takeaways for, for me from this episode. Uh, number one, invest in yourself a little bit to get educated, to get a leg up, uh, and get this thing rolling. Uh, Carrie really hustled to get those initial clients and then specifically seeking out repeat business and seeking out kind of a, a niche or a specialty within the voiceover realm. And with the third takeaway, kind of once you start 
listening for voiceover work, you realize how much is out there. And as after this conversation, I've kind of like started paying attention to this. Like, wow, there really is a, a huge universe of uh, a voiceover talent and and people searching for this kind of uh, kind of work. So maybe it could be a viable side hustle for you. Now, Carrie mentioned her online course, which at press time actually is not released yet. But if you head over to the show notes for this episode at sidehustlenation.com/voice, I'm going to link up Carrie's email sign up page so you can be the first to hear about it when it's ready. And of course, I'll swap out that link for the actual course when it's live. Now, while you're there at sidehustlenation.com slash voice, you can uh, download the free PDF highlight reel with all of Carrie's top tips from this conversation. Now, it's been a long time since we've done, like a really long time since we've done any iTunes shouts, or as they call it on the Empire Flippers podcast, one of my other favorite shows, the self-indulgent, ego-boosting, social-proof segment of the show. So yeah, here goes, I've got a handful of iTunes shouts to say thank you for. First one is from Urban Focus. Mike Herman says, wow, I'm a newcomer to the show. I just started from the beginning and binged through the 100th episode. Mike, thank you for tuning in. That sounds a lot better than, uh, or that's, that's a Netflix word the binging um, and hopefully a little bit more productive than that. Um, I've got five stars from uh, J233, Greg Mercer from um, from actually just a few episodes ago. Thank you, Greg, for that. And Brian Jones, uh, also five stars. I've got Phil LBC, five stars uh, from RPK0478 and Book Leverage. Um, thank you guys so much. And I've got five stars from Rafiq8. He says, my new favorite podcast. Well, Rafiq, you are my new favorite listener. Thank you guys for the uh, the kind words, the encouragement in all those reviews. I definitely read every one of those that comes through, even if I don't get a chance to shout all of them on the show. Now, if you have yet to drop in a review for the show, uh, please consider taking a couple minutes to do so at sidehustlenation.com slash iTunes. And the theory is that helps improve the visibility of the show helps more people discover it and of course it makes me feel warm and fuzzy inside as well so thank you guys so much for listening until next time let's go out there make something happen and i'll catch you in the next edition of the side hustle show hustle on thanks for listening to the side hustle show at www.sidehustlenation.com